exciting, thriving new year to you. We made it. <laughs> Take a breath. We made it. We made it through 2020. Many people did not. Many of us did not. You know, and we owe it to them to live our best lives ever, don't we? We owe it to ourselves to live our best lives ever. So, what comes next? Well, what comes next is what has come before. Ernest Holmes, in Greetings to the Dawn, this was um, back in 1928, he said this, If the past has taught us anything, it has taught the futility of trying to run the universe with feeble intelligence of finite minds. Again and again, we are brought back to the fundamental proposition that the universe is self-existent and is run by the propulsive action of its own untiring energy. Perhaps the greatest lesson which we have to learn is the lesson of faith. Faith in the good, the true, and the beautiful. While the sun sets on falsehood and the night closes in on mortal strife, that which is true endures forever. So that's what we do. We go back to the beginning. <laughs> we go back to principle. We go back to what we know works. <laughs> you know, and after we have been dazzled and distracted and dismayed by the goings-on of the world of conditions, we go back to truth. We stop being distracted by the world of effects, and we go back to truth. There all along, waiting for us to remember who we are. Core concept one God is all there is. God is all there is. <laughs> and in, and in uh, a New Year's talk Ernest Holmes gave in 1957, he said, Think about this because it has been the belief of all the great and the good and the wise who have ever lived. Deuteronomy, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The ancient Hebrews and the ancient Hindus had a wonderful concept, almost unified concept of the unity of all life. We are one. This unified field of all God. We individualize ourselves, but we are not individuals. We all spring from the same source. And as heard on this thing called life, another one of Ernest Holmes' New Year's Eve, New Year's Day talks from 1951, he said the most wonderful thing about it all is that we don't have to change anything but ourselves. Isn't that reassuring? <laughs> that's, my, that's mine. Anyway, he goes on to say, for every man, or I would say everyone, 
is the cause of his own experience, whether or not he knows it. We are the cause of our own effects. There is only one thing happening in all of the universe and in all of creation, and that is spirit expressing. That's all that's happening is that spirit is expressing. And as we align with this power and presence, we see that our lives can and will change as we change our thinking about our lives, right? What Ernest Holmes said, we don't have to change anything but ourselves. We stop thinking that things are happening to us and we begin to know of ourselves as co-creators in this thing called life, our life. We stop we stop thinking of ourselves as victims of someone else's behavior or some other event or some other condition outside of our control, and we begin to think of ourselves as God and company. God and company aligned with and in cooperation with an almighty power that we get to direct in our lives. In that same talk, Ernest Holmes went on to say, it doesn't seem possible, does it, that so simple a method as this could produce a dynamic result, but it can. Anyone who tries this method will prove it. So we surrender to this power and presence we surrender to this power that always has been, always will be. But we don't give up our personality. We don't give up our uniqueness or our individuality. We enhance it. We enhance it. We gain the ability to direct the power and the presence on behalf of our life and the lives of others. We let love point the way and law makes the way possible. Just like Ernest Holmes said, we, we just, we dive into it. We let love point the way and we allow law to make the way possible. And back at that 1951 talk, the one he gave on December 30th, he said this, Jesus didn't seem to think that the change required months and years of strenuous work. He knew that we were all rooted in pure spirit, in perfect life, and that at any moment we can unify ourselves with the power of good. That evil disappears from our experience. And of course, you know what he meant by evil was the false thought or the thought of, you know, uh, uh, false thought, false belief, belief in error. You know, that's what, that's what he called evil, our failing to, to make the mark, you know, to hit the bullseye, that's evil. And so what he's saying is that we so fully unite ourselves with the unity in this one power and presence that evil just disappears from our lives. 
all of the false thoughts, all of the thoughts of, of a mistaken identity and, and belief about the world in which we live, it just falls from us. This means we don't have to make a lot of resolutions. We don't have to read the latest self-help book, although, you know, you can support your writers, <laughs> but we don't have to. We don't have to follow the most recent how-to webinars. We simply must go back to principle. We must go back to basics, go back to the beginning. The old truths still apply. The old truths are eternal truths. And Ernest Holmes said this, he said, well, you and I are thinking about the new year and what we want to do, and we're looking forward to better things. If we make every day a day of praise, a day of thanksgiving, in which we recognize the, div the divine bounty and the eternal goodness, and if we live today as though God were the only presence and the only power that there is, we shouldn't have to worry about tomorrow. That is an eternal truth, right? That we fill our day with praise and thanksgiving, that we are so dedicated and devoted and single-focused on the truth of our being, that we are eternal life, that we are the outpicturing of the one life of God's. If we are so immersed in that eternal truth, there is no place for false belief to occur. There is no place for us to fall into fear. There were some good to great things that occurred in 2020. You know, when we look back, I know at this time of the year, we look back, we look ahead, you know, we're so tempted to think of 2020 as a dumpster fire, you know? But there were some good things that came out of 2020. It wasn't all awful. It wasn't all negative. It, it, it called to us to be better. It, it called us to evolve, to grow. We adapted. We found different ways to do things. Look at us right here, right now, live streaming. Right? We didn't do this before 2020. We didn't do this before COVID. We grew in this area, right? I attended online graduations, my daughter's graduation, my son's graduation in May of 2020. I attended online. We ate restaurants, our favorite restaurants sometimes, outdoors, right, On, in picnic tables, in the parking lots. We adapted. Drive-in movies made a comeback. How many people have attended drive-in movies in 2020? <sighs> Bird watching became a thing. Could you imagine? <laughs> but it did. It gained in popularity. And we all learned how to bake our own sourdough bread, right? Didn't we? I know I did. We all learned how to do that. You know, Crayola Crayon came up with a box of flesh tones. That's a wonderful thing. 24 different ones, and they're probably going to get bigger from there. But they came out with an entire box of flesh tone crayons. 24 different skin tones. The box is called The Colors of the World. Isn't that amazing? Right? Automotive manufacturers started making ventilators and other medical devices. Adapting. 
Distilleries. <laughs> I know. Don't think about it. Distilleries started making hand sanitizer. Don't drink those. Ah, but how refreshing is that? We started reading more and more. And family game night got big again. Right? We learned, or we relearned, how to sew. And we made a slew of face masks for ourselves, for family members. And as we worked from home more and more, employers are discovering we don't need those big office spaces. Commercial property, commercial rent is going down. We may see the return of the multi-generational families as more and more of our parents and grandparents are living at home and not going off to retirement communities because of the danger of COVID. So things are changing culturally, are changing in the society, and changing for the better. God is good all the time. And things happen, and we grow. It calls us to be better at what we do. And what we do is relate to each other, to love each other unconditionally, to be that place where spirit shows up in form. And we, we must know that all things work together for the good. And the starting point for all of this is going back to the truth. The starting point for all change is going back to those eternal truths, going back to the basics of what we know. And the basic is God is all there is. That's it. God is all there is. It is motivated by love and it is activated by law. The activity of spirit is the divine creative process. It is how God creates. And in our lives, we co-create using that same divine creative process. We increase our ability to use or to co-create by increasing our faith. And with a childlike acceptance that it works, it works in our lives. When we release doubt and fear and reluctance and disbelief, it works. And those are the four core concepts of the science of mind and spirit. Those are the first four truths, eternal truths, in our faith tradition. God is all there is. It is triune in nature. We talk about that. Spirit, soul, body. The idea, what the idea is implanted in and what the idea results in, right? It is triune in nature, threefold. Spirit, soul, body. Soil, seed, soil, plant. It works using the divine creative process. That very process of the seed, the soil, and the plant. It works all the time for everyone. 
It is impersonal and it is infallible. It works all the time. It works for everyone that applies these truths. And we increase our ability to use that same creative process in our own lives through prayer, through our prayer work, which increases our faith. Remember, Emma Curtis Hopkins said, God works through me to will and to do that which ought to be done by me. This is our surrender to a power greater than we are. This is a a, a surrender to our own greater good. It's not surrendering to anything outside of ourselves. It's not a surrender. It's not a giving up. It's not a waving the white flag. It is a surrender to our own highest and best good. But we don't even know what that is unless we stop. Stop and get quiet and go within and go to meditation and go to prayer and seek the stillness and seek the silence and it speaks to us. And it is there our own highest and best reveals to us what's next. You know, we're so interested in making our plans, right? And setting our intentions. Here we are in the new year. Ah, we have a bright, fresh new year in front of us. And we're all excited about what's the new goal? What's the new plan? What's the new intention? But it's not until we get still and get quiet and listen, to go, to go within and listen in the silence for that direction. And it's not anything outside of ourselves telling us what to do. It's not a God somewhere out there on a, on a cloud telling us what to do. It is our own highest and best self. It is our own immortal soul speaking. And you know how it works. It works for us by working through us. And it works through us when we offer no resistance. Ernest Holmes, in, the, uh, uh, in January 1957, Science of Mind magazine, he wrote this. We must come to realize that there is such a thing as spiritual energy, spiritual mind power, and that each, in the sanctuary of his own heart and soul, may silently register the aspiration of his heart. And if he can induce in his own mind to accept it, so shall the universe honor him. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. It is impossible for it to fail. We may thus embark on the greatest adventure of the ages without arrogance, without fear, and I trust with a minimum of disbelief. And you and I are embarking on this great adventure. Can we, by what we do in the silent sanctuary of our own contemplation, meditation, and prayer, see something happen in the world of experience as a result of it that has not happened before and prove that the signs shall and must follow them that believe. 
Or do we put the whole thing in reverse in our pessimistic utterances and repeat the old formulas of fear and failure and doubt and uncertainty? Or do we remain in neutral while nothing happens? It is for us to decide. Well, then this is our opportunity to jump in, isn't it? This is the time we are the people. <laughs> we have just gone through an, an, an amazing and incredible and a once-in-a-century experience, and we have survived it, and many have not. This is our time to go all in, to throw off the restraints, to remove the doubt, to let go of the fear, to embrace the truths that set us free and to see that something happen as a result of our faith. To change the conditions of our lives and the lives of others as a result of the total immersion in this truth, in this science of mind and spirit to embrace the old truths, to embrace the eternal truths, and to change our thinking and to change our lives. This is the time to do it. This is the time to cast off anything that is holding us back and to dive headlong into the absolute eternal truths of our souls and, and settle for nothing less. We can and must surrender to this power and presence that is greater than we are. And we can use it. And it can flow through us. And it can change conditions in our lives. And it will. Ernest Holmes said this as he finished up that talk back all those years ago. He said, yes, the old year passes into the new and heralds the possibility of triumph the triumph of the Spirit in us. But it cannot be done by the dictate of some external authority. It can only occur in our own consciousness when faith triumphs over fear and love over hate and compassion over unkindness. Then at last we shall sing, unto God be the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.